Hey, welcome to Teb's Talks, the Prometheus podcast. If you want to check out more of the things I do, head to jasontebs.com. Hey, what is up, everybody? It is Teb's Talks, the premier useless podcast. I am your host, as always, Jason Tebs. And with the world opening back up, and i that's kind of a very loose term that I don't super like, but it's kind of the one people commonly use. Hey, with the world back, opening back up, a lot of places are deciding if they're going to bring their employees back into the office. And a lot of places are having their employees go back into the office rather than working remote. At this point, I've been working remote for a year plus, like just over a year. I've been working from home and the VP of my department is going to be having meetings with everybody in the next coming days, next week. And one of the things he wants to discuss is just the plan to head back into the office. And I'm going to be completely frank with him when I have a conversation that I do not want to go back to the office. If I had it my way, we wouldn't go back to it. Um, I think that my position can wholeheartedly be done from my own home. I've been doing it for a year plus. I think we've proven that it can still work. Um, there, are, there are times when people are like, oh, you know, you're so collaborative. Like you, you can work just together more when you're with each other in an office. Like you can be more creative and share ideas easier. And I'm like, my position's not collaborative. I, I hardly, hardly collaborate with my teammates. Now, you know, my, my, the VP of my department might come back and say like, well, you should be collaborating with your teammates. And it's like, no, we schedule meetings with our portfolio of clients and we talk to them. And then, yeah, we have a meeting once a day where we're bouncing ideas off each other, going over things together. Like that's our collaboration time, but it's not like I need to have somebody come look over my shoulder and be like, Hey, uh, can, can you like look over this art asset I'm drawing or, uh, hey, you know, I, I, I stitched this thing together. Can can you take a quick peek at it? Give me your feedback on that. No. The the closest thing that we get is, hey, I'm trying to build this thing out this way. What's your recommendation? And we can just do that over chat. And occasionally there have been times where I've jumped in a video call with one of my teammates and we've shared our screen and just gone over a thing or two. So we can still collaborate in that essence. But so much of my job is just booking time with my clients where I'm just talking with my clients, right? I'm not trying to put together assets with a team. So I'm going to argue the point like, hey, I don't think we need to return to the office. I think we should have a permanent work from home option. Now, I don't think I'll persuade the decision that I believe is ultimately going to get made to move back into the office, but I just think this idea that people subscribe and hold on to that the office setting is like the best thing for the job and like for the output i think that's completely backwards because let me let me tell you things let me tell you things i like super dread about going back into the office and i don't want this episode to get like incredibly negative and oh woe is me i have to go back into the office but just trying to point out some of the horrific things 
that we as a society have just blatantly accepted that are completely asinine, especially in this day and age where we can move information so fast. We can move information so fast. I can hit a button and like my face is on video, my teammates' face is on video in a second, right? Let's just take my work schedule, for instance. I clock in at six in the morning. I work my eight hours and I clock out at two. I am dedicating eight hours of my life, Monday through Friday, so eight hours each day, Monday through Friday, 40 hours a week, to this job. And that's that's healthy compared to, okay, now my commute is 20 minutes into the office, 20 minutes back home, right? Because I go in at six and I come home at two so I can avoid traffic. If I was going at peak hours, it would probably be a half hour to get there and back. Okay, maybe not a half hour, maybe 25 minutes each way. But that adds an extra 40 minutes onto each day. Now, luckily, I'm not required or mandated to take like an hour-long lunch. I'm a salaried employee, so, you know, I can kind of set my own schedule in a way. But the stress and time sink that comes with commuting, I don't know how we've put up with it for so long. And then when one person in the office gets sick, everybody gets sick. And that should be especially apparent with, you know, the recent global pandemic that happened. They're not exactly like healthy workplaces. The other thing is, when I'm at home, I don't have, like, my son goes to daycare, my wife goes to work, or else she's like going to work out and then working nights. So it's like, I have this whole place to my own and I can relax and I can be comfortable. I don't have like the distractions of just wanting to chit chat with my coworkers. Now I have other distractions. Um, but man, when I was, when I'm in the office, I'm looking for like any excuse just to like talk to somebody where when I'm, you know, at my own computer in my own home, it's like, yeah, if I have some downtime or I'm working on a project, I can like throw something up on my other monitor, like a podcast or just have a video playing in the background. And then I can focus up on like, okay, I'm building this out or I'm doing this project or I'm setting this thing up or I'm sending emails and I can just like zone in and get work done without the fear of like, oh, what if somebody's like just going to pop up and try and talk to me? I, I like that. I like that ability where I can like shut out coworkers for a second. <laughs> then a chat comes through and I'll respond to that or a email comes through and I'll get to that when I need to get to that. But I mean, there are other people where it's like they commute 30 minutes plus each way. They have to take an hour long lunch. So that's 10 hours of their day dedicated to this job where they're only getting paid eight hours worth. I, I just think, I just think it's old and it's archaic. And I'm lucky to be in a job that I can do holistically remote. Um, not everybody's that way. A lot of development people like to be a little more collaborative because they're working on projects together. Marketing people are working on projects together. Um, any sort of like content creation are working on projects together. And that requires a lot of collaboration. I can get when you're in one of those positions, having that collaborative zone and mindset and just being able to have somebody come to your desk and give feedback, I can see how that's great. My job doesn't need that. It doesn't. It doesn't. I think that's part of the reason why we haven't been called back yet. I think our sales department was called back. Um, 
Our support department was called back a long time ago, but my department has yet to be called back. So I'm going to be straight up honest with him. He's going to be like, you know, what What are your thoughts about returning to the office? And I'm going to be like, dude, I don't want to. I think we've proven over this year we don't, we don't need to be in the same office. I just think my life just has way too many benefits from working from home that I do not want to give up. Namely, I'm more comfortable. Um, I'm not dedicating that commute time. I'm being safer, right? Because I'm not commuting. Driving cars is dangerous. <laughs> it's a lot more dangerous than we think. I want to shift the conversation because, I mean, those are, those are going to be, like, kind of my main points. If I have to go back in the office, like, I'll go back, obviously. Um, I want to keep my job, and I've set my hours where my commute either way is not that not that bad at all. I just, I like working from home so much, but I want to switch to the conversation kind of to the labor shortage where now apparently people are like, oh, we can't fill in jobs. A lot of these minimum wage customer service centered positions, people aren't applying for those jobs anymore. And to that, I applaud. I am like power to those people that they are in a comfortable enough place that they can deny these jobs. These jobs that are paying way too low. These jobs that are just honestly kind of awful conditions. That makes me so happy that there is a labor shortage. That might sound a little like crazy when you think about it, but it's like, no, we have an economy in this exact moment where people actually have enough means for the moment to be like, hey, I'm not going to just accept your crappy offer. Like I'm going to bat for myself. I always, I always say you got to look out for number one. I live in Utah, which is a, um, I forget what the saying is, but it's like a, a, it's like a right to fire state and right to quit. So my employer can fire me for honestly, whatever reason they can come up with without any warning. But I also have the right to quit and just walk away for whatever reason without any warning. I love that people are looking at businesses, looking at the offer, and saying no. That is below me. That is not going to take care of number one, and I am number one, me. I, I always tell people, you have to look out for number one. You don't owe anything to your company. If your company is willing to let you go on the spot, you don't owe anything to them. And trust me, companies are willing to let go of people on the spot. It was January of 2020, my company did layoffs. They were restructuring things. They were moving money around because they just said, hey, we need to change our focus. We need to turn the ship, as they said, put money other places. And they laid off a bunch of people. I was lucky enough where I made the cut, but people showed up to work that morning without any single clue that around noon, they wouldn't have a job anymore. That happens. So one, you can, you can quit. You can quit on the spot. A lot of people like to give a two week notice as like a courtesy. I get that. You know, I definitely try and make sure that I can be like, Hey, team of mine, people that I've been working with, people that I've gone through the trenches with. I want to make sure that your transition's as easy as possible, making sure we get all of, you know, make sure you all have your ducks in a row. 
um, before I head off to a different place. I understand that courtesy, but I also believe like you don't owe it to your company. You don't owe like a two weeks notice to your company. You don't owe them anything. Now, I also don't want to burn bridges. So I'm generally one that would give two weeks notice. I think I gave like 12 days notice when I quit my last job, but you know, it is what it is. It do be like that. So part of the reason why people are rejecting these jobs is because they've had and I wouldn't say inflated, but increased unemployment benefits where the government has come in and be like, hey, we're in an economic downturn. We just want to make sure that citizens have enough means to keep the economic ball rolling. Watched an interesting video from, I think it was Vox this morning that compared it like a fish tank where, you know, the government wants the fish tank to be full enough that the fish have room to survive and live, but they don't want the fish tank to overflow because that wastes water, AKA inflation. And they don't want a crack in the tank that leaks water because that's deflation. Like they want a steady, almost stable, slightly rising level of water as a buffer, just in case there is any sort of a downturn uh, where the tank starts losing water. So what happens is the economy completely shuts down people aren't spending money that means less money is going through the economy that means the fish tank is losing water and the government's like okay let's quickly seal up this crack and dump a lot of water into the fish tank aka the stimulus checks and raise unemployment a little bit and make sure that all the fish the u.s citizens have enough water money in the economy to keep going forward and it worked right the it worked for the most part like could have been way worse. It possibly could have been better, but it definitely could have been way worse. Now we're not seeing any sort of like hyperinflation. It's actually been at a, a state at a pretty steady inflation rate that many econo- economists would be like, yep, this is perfectly healthy for the economy. But the great thing is people are like, Hey, I am making more money right now on unemployment than if I went to work. And some people say that as like, oh, you're just lazy, right? Like you just want to sap off the government. And they're like, no, I want to be able to take care of number one. And you are not giving a good enough offer for me to work for you. So it's being thrown back on the companies to be like, hey, you've got to pay better, give better working conditions, give better benefits for me to go work for you. I love that stance. I love that these workers, the citizens, the people are taking a stance and be like, look, we're not going to be treated like dogs. We're not going to be treated like cattle. We're not going to be kicked to the mud in awful conditions with awful pay. Because I'll be honest, and I'm a guy that, you know, likes the sense of satisfaction of being able to earn an income and provide for a family. Uh, you know, that's just, I feel like a key part of my life where when I can do something that I feel like is positive to society as a whole, it fulfills me. But if I was working at name, like literally any entry level customer service job, any sort of food industry, any sort of like retail industry making like eight bucks an hour. And the government was like, Hey, we want to make sure you're taken care of. Like, If you don't have a job, we'll pay you the equivalent of, 
I don't know, 10 bucks an hour. I'd be like, uh, yeah, see you later job I have right now. You obviously don't value me as much as what is to be expected as a, they say livable wage, right? You don't value me to a degree that I should be valued at. And people that argue like, oh, just get a better education. Oh, just like learn a skill. Oh, just apply yourself more. Plenty of people have done that. Plenty of people have done all those things and still just luck wasn't in their favor. They were in a lower socioeconomic place. They were dealt a deck of cards that was just a losing hand. When some people are dealt royal flushes and some people are dealt like, I don't know, a nine high, there's obviously a discrepancy there. So how can you tell somebody like that, oh, just go, just go find a better job. It doesn't work that way. If people could just magically find this better job that other people speak of, they would. I don't think anybody wants to be working a job that they feel miserable at. Nobody wants to be working a job they feel miserable at that's not going to pay for their basic necessities. So when the government comes along and it's just like, hey, we feel like in order for you to be taken care of, we're willing to give you X and X is greater what, than what they already have. I'm all for people going to their employers and being like, peace out. I'm out of here. I've landed in a weird spot of TikTok. This is kind of related. That's like very, I wouldn't say it's anti-work, but it is very much people from my generation that are like, look, the cards are stacked so against us right now, and we're just sick of it. The fact that we look for these jobs and they say things like entry level, $30,000 a year, five years experience required. And you're like, what? That doesn't make sense. Entry level, but five years experience required. Or you need a master's degree, you're going to be making $50,000 a year. What? That doesn't make any sense. You apply for these jobs and none of them post their salary. None of them ever give you any sort of ballpark of like, hey, this is what you could expect here. It's all a bunch of corporate jargon. You never know if you're like way overqualified or way underqualified for what you're applying. I don't know. It's a toxic environment trying to find a job. Trying to find a job is the worst job to have. It is the most miserable experience in so many different ways. So when a company isn't willing to be upfront and be like, hey, we're hiring for this position. It's going to be around $50,000 a year. Or it's going to be around $28,000 a year, you know, you're going to be making $13 an hour, right? When when they aren't, when they don't disclose that up front and waste people's time, it just feels manipulative. Oh, nobody's applying for our job. Like we've posted jobs, we have jobs available, nobody's applying for them, they'd rather be on unemployment. It's because you're not giving a good enough offer. Like you need to take a long, hard look in the mirror and really ask yourself, is what I'm offering worth it to anybody it might be worth it to a high school kid having their first job you know i worked minimum wage my first job i was helping kids do a junior golf program i loved it though because i was part of that junior golf program for years and then that was my first job another job you know i was making a little above minimum wage but i was mowing lawns for a local amusement park it wasn't bad you know i was just in high school working part-time mowing lawns getting out getting some fresh air getting a little bit of exercise. It worked out great for me now. Now, my current company, 
pays me a pretty decent wage. I can take care of me and my family. I can cover our expenses. Um, you know, it, it allows me the flexibility to work from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's not that far from where I live. It's a pretty great group of people I work with. Um, so I'm not saying like, I don't think my company is all that bad. Now that's just my experience. Other other people might've had different experiences than I have had with my own company. Who knows? Although I do know when I was applying for the job, the salary wasn't posted on the job posting. I just applied because I was like, oh, it sounds like, and then I found out what the offering was later. I counter offered, they rejected the counter offer. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll take your original offer. One thing that does bug me is like, oh yeah, we usually see people get a bump in pay somewhere between like six and nine months. I'm reaching two years. They've done payment restructures. So I think I'm getting the potential for slightly bigger bonuses, but my base pay hasn't gone up at all. Although I should be getting a pretty big bonus this quarter. So I'm excited about that. I don't know. I just like, I sit here with a good job that a lot of people would like. And I see people like my wife that are working retail. She's making $16 an hour. So like decent for retail, but the hours aren't great in terms of like, you know, she's opening, then closing and then doing a mid shift. She's dealing with snooty customers. That sucks. You know, the company is like going to dig their heels in if she ever wants more money. And I, I could see like, you know, she's told me I would rather not work. And I'm like, Hey, I agree. I'd rather you not work either. Now, right now we've added a couple more expenses because you did go back to work and we've got to pay those things. My son's daycare. Uh, we bought a car, have a monthly payment on that. So my salary alone can't pay for those things. You know, my salary was covering our previous expenses, but now that we've added others, it doesn't. So that's something that we, you know, would have to work out. But also, you know, here I am and I'm trying to find other ways to bring in income or to better my place in the world of corporate America. Like I've been looking at a lot of jobs at game development studios and the company Blizzard, which does games, World of Warcraft, Starcraft, Overwatch, Diablo, you know, those, those are all games that were made by the Blizzard company. They're owned by Activision and Activision does things like Call of Duty. Um, Call of Duty is a big Activision game and they also own, I think it's like King something, which does Candy Crush. Anyway, the company Blizzard, a lot, a lot, a lot of people that were like original Blizzard employees that were there from the beginning you know, back in the 90s, early 2000s, 20, 15-year careers with Blizzard, a lot of them in the last two years have jumped ship from Blizzard. They're like, hey, I'm done. Some of them have even gone on to create their other, like, competing, competitive, competing studios, right, where they're going to be developing their own video games and that sort of stuff. And seeing this company that has made a product that I've loved so long and a company that I've been following so long and a company that, you know, back in the day I was like, oh, I would love to, I would love to work for Blizzard and be on the team that does World of Warcraft. I love World of Warcraft. Just seeing and hearing about the experience working for that company 
and seeing all these people leave, I'm like, ugh. Power to the people that are leaving because, you know, hopefully they're going to something better and getting treated better, paid better, better benefits, a healthier work environment, whatever that might be. I really do hope that the grass is greener on the other side. Like all those people that are leaving, I'm like, hey, you've got to look out for number one. Now, it kind of feels like the studio that I and millions of others beloved is dying from the inside out. Kind of hard to see, kind of rough. But the company Blizzard, I do not care for. I do not care for the company Blizzard. The individual people, though I don't know them individually, but the individual people, I'm like, hey, I want them to have healthy work environments. I want them to feel like they are being compensated fairly for the work they do. I want them to have the best opportunities for them. Look out for number one. So I'm like, hey, if Blizzard dies from the inside out because all these people at Blizzard are like, ah, you know what? Um, different places are offering much better opportunities. Peace out, Blizzard. Then part of me is like, Blizzard should die. If that's happening, Blizzard should die. And though a game I've absolutely loved for half of my life would at that point essentially die with it, I would be okay. Because we've always said the only thing that can kill World of Warcraft is World of Warcraft itself. And a lot of things lately are just kind of pointing that direction. So I don't care if the game dies. I don't care if the company dies. What I care about is the people that go to work every day, day in, day out to make these wonderful games that I enjoy, I want them to be taken care of. And if Blizzard isn't going to do it, another company will. You know, a lot of people have jumped to Dreamhaven, which was started by an ex, um, an ex Blizzard developer, um, Warchief Gaming. That's another company started by an ex Blizzard. People have been going there. Riot Games, um, Intrepid Studios. I'm always like, look, they, you got to look out for number one. So a game I love dying, so long as the people working on that game are taken care of, I'm all for it. And it's like, oh, well, what if this company goes under and this company goes under because nobody's willing to work for them? That's capitalism, baby. That's the open free market. People aren't required to work for you. If you're giving, if you're offering complete shit, you deserve to go under. Well, what if it's a small business that just doesn't have the resources to pay their employees as much as other companies tough shit that's just how the game's played my man it sucks what goes around comes around it's rough for my generation it's rough that for people that are stuck in a low socioeconomic state like a lot of us are getting kicked while we're already down join the club you know maybe we could have better programs in place that take care of people while they're down unfortunately we don't have those programs in place and 2021 and 2020 were the first glimpse that a lot of people saw of a system that's going to take care of them while they're down and you know what they realized hey this is really nice and this is probably how it should be you know we should make sure that people are okay because when people are healthy and taken care of we all can progress further and faster when the upper elite leech off of the lower, sure, the upper elite get fat real quick, real fast, get really fat, but eventually they're going to drain those resources and those coffers are going to run dry and those blood veins are going to run dry. And you know what happens? 
when all the stuff they've been leeching off of dies, they die too. The crazy thing is, they have much, much further to fall. I'm not a person that says, eat the rich, right? Because there are people out there that legitimately are like, death to the rich. We need to gut them and flay them. I'm not that way. I'm a, somebody that is like, look, if you make something great out of yourself and you get paid doing so, make that cheddar. The second you exploit other people for that, screw you. But if you're out there grinding, putting the work in, make that cheddar. Go for it. Pay taxes because you're raking it in. And at that point, it's your civic duty to pay your fair share into a system that, heck, if you got kicked while you were down, it would take care of you too. I don't know. So to summarize, nope, don't want to go back into the office. I can do my job from home. I am proud that people are saying no to job openings and saying, hey, you, you got you to gotta offer something better. And I'm okay if companies die because their employees are like, hey, we're not going to put up with this anymore. I have no allegiance to any company. The company I work for, I am so grateful I have this job. I'm so grateful that they cut me a paycheck. I like working for them and I see myself continuing to work for them for the foreseeable future. I am more than willing to move up into this company and help it grow. I have zero allegiance to it. If somebody comes to me tomorrow and they say, hey, Jason, we'll pay you six figures to do X, Y, Z. I will go to my current employer, say, peace out. Here's my two weeks notice, just as a courtesy. And then I'll, I'll bounce. If, if somebody came to me and they're like, hey, we'll pay you $100,000 to do X, Y, Z, but you have to quit your job today. Like you can't give a two weeks notice. I will ring up my boss. I will say, hey, I got this offer. I have to take it today. I'm looking out for number one. And you know what? My boss would understand. And I'd be like, I'm so sorry that I can't help you in this transition, but this offer is closing right now and I need to take it. And I'm sure everybody would understand that because that's how it should be. I hope that I can get to a place one day where I can employ other people, hopefully offer them a good package. And somebody comes to me and they're like, hey, thanks for the opportunity that I've had here. I've honed in my skills. I've applied myself. I've marketed myself out to XYZ. And I've got an offer that I think would be better for me. And I will pat them on the back, say, hey, you got to look out for number one. And you're number one. Go get them, Tiger. And so long as, you know, we part ways amicably and there was a good relationship there, I'll be like, look, if you ever need a place to come back to, come on back. I want to be in a position where I can do that, where I can pay people a fair wage for the work that they do and that people can feel like, hey, this is a place where I'm honing my skills, where I'm getting experience and there are some people that are going to want to stay with what I'm doing and grow with that. And there might be other people that find something that's better for them. And I can be like, look, it's been fantastic working for you. I understand you got to do what's good for you. I hope the best. But also because I pay fairly and what I offer is a pretty good package, I can find other quali qualified candidates that would be excited and happy to work for me. And we have a greatly mutually beneficial agreement in place and everybody's happy in the end you know the previous co-workers happy because they've moved on to something they feel like is better i'm happy because i have somebody that you know is moving forward getting something better for themselves but i'm also happy because i can fill in their spot 
with other qualified candidates because I'm offering something great that people actually want. And then whoever gets the job working for me is happy because they're like, hey, this is a job that I wanted, that I was going into hoping to get because what you offered I feel like is really great and I want to be part of what you're doing. I really want that. I think that'd be great. We're currently hiring for my current position. This is this is the last thing I'm going to say. And my boss was like, somebody came in to their interview and they're like, I don't, and they said, I don't even remember applying for this job. I don't even know what you guys do. That's, that's crazy. But that is kind of the position that a lot of people are in where they're just slinging out applications to try and get on their feet and find something a little better. Now, that's kind of a stupid thing to say. Like, I don't even remember looking at this job and applying for it, but I don't know what you guys do. I don't know if I want it, but I'm here anyway. It's like, okay, well, at that point, obviously, they're not going to offer you the job. So that's where I'm going to end this episode of Teb Stocks, the Premier Useless useless Podcast. Go ahead, like, favorite, share, follow, rate the podcast, whatever you do on your respective platform. Check out my website, jasontebs.com. I have a blog on that website. I'm actually pretty proud of the blog. Um, I think it's like kind of a different side of my thought process and what's going through my head. And it gets presented in a much different way than how I do this podcast. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot more, I wouldn't say scripted, but it's a lot more designed in what I say and what I write on that blog. So go check out the blog, the latest post. I think I put up this morning, it's called Lights. It's all about, um, you know, how dads have a superpower to know when a light was left on. Uh, check out my Twitch stream at Pummelhead. Check out my Twitter, Pummelhead. Um, and keep on listening to this podcast. I try and do one or two a week at least. Thanks for listening so much. I'll catch you next time. Peace out.